welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life you were meant to live. And that could be at any age, but it tends to be more the senior generation, I think, that is, you know, going through all of the process of finding their careers, getting their jobs lined up, and raising their family. And as we get a little bit older, we start looking and saying, okay, what's what else is out there? And primarily here, we talk about that. And the one thing I wanted to really cover was how do we stay fit and healthy so that we can do the things we want to do? And I have a great guest today who hails all the way from Kelowna, BC. And thank you, Melanie Morissette, for showing up so early this morning because we have the time zones difference. And I welcome uh, Melanie because she's a personal trainer. She's a supervisor of uh, fitness training and has many years expertise. Primarily, I, you know, I got talking to Melanie because she works with a lot of seniors. And I think the advice is very important in the sense of saying, okay, we don't wake up one day as a senior and decide, hey, I better get fit real fast because that's not the way it works, does it, Melanie? And welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Mary, for having me. It's, it's great that you're here, and I looked at your website. You've got phenomenal information, and I especially like one of the offerings about um, mistakes to avoid, especially when you're looking at picking up some workout habits. So I don't want to yes. put words in your mouth, but I know with the conversations that we've had that when is the time to start thinking about being fit or getting fit? You know what, Mary? That's the thing. There's no time. You just need to do it every day. Once you because start. No one see even right now, the youngest population are not working out right now. They are on their cell phone or their games the entire time. So mm-hmm. they have osteoporosis. This is a disease, arthritis disease we were seeing in the 60s. Now it's coming in the 40s because people are not active in their young age too sedentary in their lives. I don't know what BC education is like. I'm a former uh, teacher here in Ontario and we ended up eliminating or downplaying a lot of the physical activity in, in our young people. And of course I've been retired for a number of years. So they may be the ones, the first the first graduates of that lesser involvement in, in physical activity. So if you're a person of, mid 40s and you realize that maybe you're not looking after your body in a fitness sense as well as you can how would i get started certainly we're not going to go out the door and run a marathon this morning at least i'm not well you know the best way it's start right away with a personal trainer because mm-hmm. that's when you start the good way you can go and join a gym but people are freezing they they, they are among people and they don't know where to start so your best way is seriously to hire a personal trainer. I mm-hmm. have even clients online right now because we do it from home because a lot of gyms, I don't know in Ontario, but here they are still open because we are in a small community. Mm-hmm. But in Vancouver, they are closed. Right. So we do it online as well. Yeah, big city. I'm close to Toronto. And right now they are they're locked down too. But do you think that there are some people who might not even in spite of COVID, in good days, and decide that maybe it's a little intimidating to go to a gym if they've never done it. Would you agree? I agree. that That's why I'm a mobile personal trainer. So I go to gyms with my, yeah, with my people, but if they don't want to go in a gym, I'm going to go to their home, and I'm bringing all the equipment we're going to need. Okay. So that's why 
work out right in the comfort of their home. A lot of people like that. How is the online working out? Like, what is the age range of your clients? And are they, I, I wonder if there's a, you know, a bit of a split problem here in the sense that the older people may want the services of online personal services, but might be a little intimidated because they don't have, you know, online experience. So how are you finding that in today's uh, culture with your seniors? It's a challenge, Mary, because a lot of them, like my father, don't talk to him about computers. And he's 67, but my mom is more tech. So Uh she's on a Zoom uh, meeting and everything, but some people don't. So I need to assist them or they need help from their kids. It's a Mm -hmm. challenge for them. So it's always easier, of course, with the younger generation, but some people like you, you're very (laughs) tech. See? I started started with computers, so for me, I'm fairly comfortable, but I I have a number of friends who um, just aren't quite too sure about what to do with it, and they're not sure about the effectiveness of online. So do you do one-on-one online, or do you do small groups, or how are you able to engage your clients? I do both. Um, When they start, usually they prefer one-on-one. And eventually, because it costs a lot of money as well, hiring a personal trainer, but to bring the cost down, they can bring their friend. I do that mostly for yoga because it's easier. If I do a weight one with using weights, I need to check every individuals on the screen, which is a little bit more harder. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, it, it just easier when we do a easier class like yoga or chair exercise. I, I used to do a lot of chair yoga as well for okay. my senior, and we were 20. Yeah, tell us what that's like. What what is what is the chair yoga like? Is that a good place for somebody who hasn't really done much to start? Where where do you suggest they start? In something like that? Yeah. So a lot of people don't want to go on the floor because you are afraid you are not able to come back off the floor. <laughs> Getting down is easy. Yeah, it's not easy for a lot of people. So the chair yoga is a good way. It's a lot of breathing because we breathe from here. We don't breathe entirely we don't breathe deeply so mm-hmm. it's a good way to start and then we do a lot of balance we do a lot of legs exercise as well because we need to keep the legs strong to be able to stand up from the chair or from even the toilet it's mm-hmm. a reality so we they need to think even somebody in their 60s can start with the chair yoga and eventually i'm going to see if they progress very well i'm going to tell what about try, trying the, the mat yoga and when I start with them with the mat yoga, I, it's easy. I'm not going to do hard poses with them. Mm-hmm. They need to gain that confidence first, and then we progress. Well, it's like most things I would imagine. Like I mentioned jokingly that, you know, I'm not running out the door to do a marathon. Many, many athletes train a long time to be able to do that. And it's probably the same with exercising at home, that there is certain things you start with and you build up. What are um, I guess they do get better in intensity and maybe duration as they progress. But I guess the key thing is just to do something. So what do you, what do you propose they start with if they come to you and say, you know what, Melanie, I've really, I've really become aware that I am not going to be able to do the things I want to do. What should I start with? You know what? My first question is going to be, what's your goals? And I, we need to go from there. So if it's, for example, 
I want to be able to stay independent as long as possible because I realized that I'm losing the strength in my legs. I said, okay. So that means we need to do a lot of chair squats to start with. See? Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to need, I'm going to bring in a leg out. I cannot show it here. I'm too restricted. <laughs> but so that's the way we need to keep people strong for, for them to be able to stay independent as long as possible. It's always depends on their goals. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm read on your website, you were talking about uh, exercising muscles that we see in the mirror, as opposed to <laughs> that, that a lot of other ones, right? Yes, and it's true. Think about guys, you know, the young guys, they, they come here with big chest and everything, big muscles, but you look at their legs, it's small like that. And they, they don't have any muscles in their back. They want to look here good at the beach but they need to focus as well on the back. So usually we are strong in the front because we walk forward, we carry stuff forward as well in front of our body, but right. everything we have at the back is weak, and that's why we end up with rounded shoulders and rounded upper back. So I know right away, if I want to improve posture, so if it's somebody's a goal, I'm going to say, okay, let's work on your upper back to bring that back. I'm going to open your chest, and we're going to do a little chin tuck. And that way we're going to improve posture. So It also would help breathing, correct? Yes. I always do that exercise, especially in my yoga. Round your shoulders, try to breathe. Okay, now come back nice and tall and breathe. It makes such a difference. Is breathing much of an issue with the more senior adults you work with? Is breathing yes. something that you find needs work? It does, because we breathe from here mostly here so we don't use a diaphragm to breathe deeply i love chair yoga because people can really feel the deep breaths but also the the work of the diaphragm when they know how to use it properly mm -hmm. and we it's talk about it but maybe we don't know how to do it we get maybe it's um it's habitual behaviors we don't practice it well enough for it to become a habit. So it just has become very superficial. And yes. so we need to develop the habits. How often, I, I know people have asked this a lot, say somebody who's in their middle 50s, heading into their 60s, soon to retire, people that are working, you know, getting up, getting dressed, going through the routine, going to work, they've got some activity going, even if they sit at their office job, when they start looking at, you know, getting that physicality and start breathing, how many times or how often is it really helpful to be engaged in exercise to make it more habitual? You know what, Mary, that's a good question because when people are working, they don't have time. And you know what? They have enough of going to work for 40 hours and then the last thing they want is exercise as well. But that's the thing, we need 150 minutes a week. A lot of people go for walks, perfect, keep going with that. But the problem again with walking is just a movement forward. Okay? Yes. So when they are retired, they have time. There's no excuses now because the excuse number one is no time. So now yes. they have time. And it should be five times a week minimum. So not only 50 minutes a week. So go for walks, but in between you need your weight training. You need mm -hmm. to build muscles to protect your bone because when you're going to be 80 and 90, your risk of falling, it's increasing a lot. Even at 60 years old, your risk of mm -hmm. falling increasing. 
So you need to protect your bones in case of breaking. I noticed that, uh, like you said, I, read, I was reading your website, and I noticed that where you work with the, the BC Women's Hospital and Health yes. Center, and you have an osteofit for addressing issues with low, low bone density. And I guess that's a really big concern in the, in the case of falling, because if you have less bone density, you're more at risk for breakage. Is that correct? It's correct. So if people don't take care of their nutrition, if you don't eat a lot of vegetables, seriously, your risk of increasing your osteoporosis is up. And the other thing is we need to build muscles around the bone. Mm -hmm. The way people discover they have osteoporosis usually is by accident. Sometimes it's going to be just a lot of pain in their spine, lower back, for example, or their neck. And they're going to go for bone density and they discovered, huh, microfracture. So you have a low bone density. Or the other time they're going to discover they have it is with a fall. And they break. Yeah. I so, have one of my clients. She was so fragile. Mary, just a bear, a bear hug. Yeah. She was breaking. Oh, my goodness. That is, that's very difficult. Yes. It's serious. And it's so painful. Is it reversible? It is. With it vegetables? is reversible. It is. So the osteopenia, it is. So I never heard of that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. So osteopenia is the first phase of low bone density. Uh-huh. And I always ask people, bring me your report. I want it. Every time you're going to have another one, I want to see the difference. Because if you have osteopenia, if you stick with your nutrition and your exercise, it might be off. But we still need to be uh, careful. But yes, it is reversible. I had no idea vegetables played such an important role. We always tell our kids to eat vegetables because I guess we were told to eat our vegetables, but I didn't realize it was connected yeah. to your bone density. Now, eat does your, it play a role? Bro- Sorry? Eat your broccolis. <laughs> yeah, and your Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with Brussels sprouts. I think that I can eat three and then it's kind of like, mm. but I'm liking them yeah. in salads better than cooked. So I guess we find a way to eat them that we enjoy them, right? Yeah. Do vegetables play a role in arthritis? You do a lot of work with arthritis as well, correct? Yes, I do. Because this is another thing that comes up when we get older. Fingers, think about it. How many of of us have arthritis in their fingers? So I do exercise with them. And some people come to my classes, they don't have any health issues. They just like the rhythm of the class. Right. they, They like the social aspect of the class as well. Well, yeah, I think in that regard, we're kind of looking at the mental health aspect of it, too. I mean, COVID really hit hard because of lack of community. A lot of people that are struggling because they they don't have that access to other people. And right now, um, if we can't go into the gym process, that maybe we can find at least some sense of community in the online programs. Yeah. So I was offering chair yoga online, and I, yeah, my people like (laughs) I did it for four or five months. <clears throat> Excellent. So you have um, you have some different packages that people could take a look at on your site. One yes. of the things that I, I really wanted to even look at is um, you were mentioning that, you know, the lower back pain and because of the disproportionate stresses we're putting on our body. But pain is a great motivator. I mean, that's what gets us to do things, right? But that whole saying of no pain, no gain what you're offering and what you're saying is that we need to look at offering ways to eliminate 
the pain. We're not looking to induce pain. So what do you think of that? It seems contrary, no pain, no gain. But, you know, when you're doing those things, those exercises, then we should be warming up to the point of uh, relieving pain. That's a cycle. That's the thing. When we are in pain, what do we do? We stop moving. That's a cycle. So less you're going to move, more you're going to be in pain. You need to get out of that cycle. And trust me, that's the thing. So I, I'm going to give the example for arthritis. It takes about 12 weeks. So people have to be patient. Ah. But it takes about 12 weeks to see a difference in the body. It, sometimes it comes even earlier. But they're going to see a difference in their, in their pain. And that's the thing with the pandemic because we haven't moved for so long. I have some of my clients, they, are, they call me because we are doing as well aquatic in the pool. And for mm -hmm. that, for arthritis, it's so good. Well, they are in crushing pain right now mm -hmm. because we don't weigh anything. Right, right. So exercise is seriously your best medicine. And what, what did you say? Pain, no gain? That's not yes. true anymore. So we don't exercise to have more pain. We are exercising to have less pain. Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. But also what you said is we have a tendency to shut down and not want to move if we're hurting. And yet if we take the idea, it's like, you know, a little spoonful of medicine. We Some of the things that we have to take for our own physical well-being doesn't taste very good but the alternative is worse so if we're not moving and what you're showing us is that there are some simple steps or some easier ways to start the process we don't have to be um we don't have to be doing you know more than we can bear like everybody probably is individualized are they not yeah yeah and you know what when i'm in a glass a class setting i need to give options because yes. I have people, they are healthy, but I have very frail people as well on the other side. Mm -hmm. So I can give one to four options per exercise to try to accommodate everybody. And sometimes we have good days and we have bad days. On a rainy day, and I truly believe that it's still true, my people have more pain. At the other people? people? Yes. So, or if the, the rain is coming, you know, the next day or whatever, they mm -hmm. are sore. Mm-hmm. I had so that problem. I had that problem for a while when I was pregnant, which was really weird. I don't know, maybe the ba one baby, my upper left arm was sore when it rained and the other baby, it was the other arm, it was just really weird. So where, where it all comes from, I guess, is from different people for different circumstances, right? Yeah, that's it. So people, that's the thing. We need to develop the relationship. When I have clients one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting, I need to know them. They need to know me. And that's mm -hmm. the best way of them. Now, the, um, the other thing that I, you know, with exercise and, of course, learning how to breathe in that, it really does impact our sleeping ability or our, the quality of our sleep, maybe. Is that yes. something that you, you, you know, you talk a lot about? Do you find that some of your clients are, maybe if they're in pain, they're not sleeping well? So are they discovering that they, they're better sleepers once they start getting into, you know, moving? I did a chart with a client. He was 78 years old and he had difficulty to sleep. I said, okay, let's do two charts. One for your pain because he had a lot of sciatica problem, pain in his hip. So oh, okay. I said, okay, let's do a chart for your pain. We're going to start exercising. What's your pain on a scale of zero to five? Zero is nothing and five is extreme. What about your sleep? How many hours of sleep did you get last night? 
So we did that. And just in a couple of months, we saw an improvement in both. So less pain and better sleep at night. Better sleep, yeah. I did, I do the graph manually, just on a piece of paper. Yeah. Because it, I can show them visually. Look at that. Look, it's been two months we are exercising together. Look at your pain is going down, but look at your sleep. You're sleeping more. Mm-hmm. So people, it's might, true. people might not be that tuned in or that aware, but by by getting them to track their own well-being, it gives them a sense of of I guess in increasing patience. We're not we're not a patient people, really, are we? We uh, we live in a society that it's instant everything. I mean, you don't even have to wait for the banks to open anymore. Everything is instant, you know. And so, patience is probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, the reward we look for a little bit more instantaneous in your experience are, is there, um, uh, is there any relationship between age and patients? Are older people more patient or less patient? Are they, (laughs) are they willing to persevere through, because I think maybe their pain would be different, but are they willing to, are they a little bit more willing to persevere? Hmm. I think it's a manner of, I don't attitude because usually people who are exercising, they are happy people. So it's very rare that I have people that they are are cranky or grumpy. It's very rare. But somebody with pain, it takes you longer to not having pain anymore or to have less pain. So their patient is not as good. Mm -hmm. And I get it. And I have another woman I work as well with um, in an independent living facility. And she's, I think, 98 or 99. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah. And it's very frustrating for her because she has a duty to see now. She doesn't hear. Even if she has um, ear aids. It, yeah. She does, and she, she, she screams at me. And she's going to leave. So, but apparently it's not just to me. So it, it, she gets impatient because I think she doesn't have the capacity anymore and may, it's maybe frustrating for her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to understand what's going on in her mind, but she's 98 or 99. I don't remember, but she's getting there. Well, the fact that she's willing to work with you and, and to be there and be functioning is remarkable. Um I, you know, I, I know that we need to stay mobile. We need to keep moving. And I know that a lot of the people that I see, once they're retired, it seems that um, they kind of have lost a purpose. They're not quite sure what to do with themselves anymore. And I'm not sure if it was in our conversation or somebody else I was talking to, and they said, uh, go out and get a dog, because at least a dog will force you to go out. Is that you? <laughs> the dog would make you, like, drag you out of the house whether you want to go or not. Um now, I did have a friend who had a dog, and the dog was small and kind of got wrapped around her and caused her to fall. So, you know, I mean, I would suggest uh, maybe um, practice walking and, and getting the strength in your legs. So on that note, um, is it advisable to really spend more time focusing on the strength of the legs to start? You know what? Legs and triceps. Oh. We need to keep... Well, and all my people, Mel, how can I get rid of that? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was vanity. (laughs) No, you know what? We need to keep the triceps strong because, again, I go back with my example at 80 years old. The day I fall, 
and you have a break, you're going to go to the hospital, they're going to ask you, did you hit your head on the floor? So that means if you hit, you hit, you hit your head on the floor, you might have a head injury as well. Right. But our first reflex when we fall is to put our head, our hand out. Yes. If your triceps are strong, you won't hit your head. Well, that makes perfect sense. So, so I always focus on legs, balance, it's yes. huge, and triceps. Because biceps, we are strong. We always carry stuff. Carry yes. the grandkids. Biceps yes. are strong. What we don't see are weak. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just sort of getting rid of that flabby underarm issue that we need to be concerned about. But that makes perfect sense as far as uh, knowing that, you know, the first first um, part of defense is, is going to be using our body to protect ourselves, right? So that makes perfect sense. But I was thinking with the legs with balance, what kind of, um, what kind of things can people do to, to work on their balance? I guess as you said, the squats, is there anything else that you recommend? I always use a chair for support. So I'm going to stand on the side of my chair. I can show it to you, but you won't see my, my upper body. <laughs> so I always use my chair for support. Body. And you can just open your leg to the side. See, okay. if I do that, I'm going to bring yeah. it down. Okay? Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Just like that. Okay, yeah. So there we go. That's a good exercise for balance. And at the same time, you're working your, uh, your hip here because usually they are, they are weak. So I'm working on my gluteus medius and medius right here at the same time. Another perfect. one that I like to do, we need to work on the gluteus maximus, so the butt. And I'm going to go just in diagonal. Oh. And I use the chair for support. And eventually I can go even one leg. Oh, and then so, it starts start balancing just on the one leg to do that. Yes. And you know what? I always tell my people, behind your counter, when you cut your veggies, try yes. to be lighter on one foot or stand on one foot. You're brushing your teeth, try to be lighter on one foot or on one foot. Excellent advice there, Melanie. That's great. Now, for those people who are listening to the podcast as opposed to seeing you, I do tell, you know, I will say that we will be uploading on YouTube as well, but you're standing there and just doing sort of just swiping your, your leg out to the side uh, or diagonally, as you suggested. It certainly doesn't require tremendous skill some exercises like I've watched some of the, the the yoga poses and it just blows me away because I'm so inexperienced I, I couldn't handle that but that's because I haven't started so starting somewhere and being able to but balance is so critically important they say for seniors and you work in the in the hospital in the health center there in BC that you probably are more than aware and see a number of people who have actually come to the hospital because of falls. And, you know, most of what I've seen is like broken wrists. Yes. Well, because they fall and your first reflex is to put your, your hand out. Right. Right. So, I mean, I guess, suppose that's a good sign. If you got a broken wrist, you might've protected your head and, and more damage up in the, you know, the collarbone area and whatnot. So, um, being stronger and working at it is it's critical to being independent. Now, do you do any any services in long-term care homes where people have said things like, you know, they wish they stayed moving longer? Like, I imagine the goal for many would be to be able to live on their own as long as possible. Yeah. So that's why I as well in independent living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of 
cardio in the chair, balance, of course, and legs exercise, and there we go. And I use just light weights and the TheraBand. So this is an easy elastic band, and this is what I use. And I keep kind of the same format as one of the osteoporosis, osteophyte mm-hmm. class, because that population, we don't know. They might have it, and they don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to go and twist and reach for something on the, on the floor. I'm always going to keep their spine nice and tall, always. And what I focus on, straight ahead. Look straight Pass- ahead. Posture. Because when you do a foot exercise, and yeah. you're going to look down at your foot. I said, this is boring. Look straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can watch TV while they're doing it. So they're double, <laughs> doing double duty or something. So uh, they would be in, in, you know, enticed to practice more. Now, one of the things I've seen that you mentioned was about Parkinson's. What mm-hmm. do you stress on to help people with Parkinson's? You know, Parkinson is in my family. It, my great-grandma and then my grandpa... So that's why I think I wanted to help a little bit more mm-hmm. them. And posture is one of them as well. Breathing is one of them. So I really need to focus on opening the chest and breathing deep. So I'm going to do an exercise for ha. Pronunciation yeah. is another thing that we need to focus on. Ki, ha, ha. Because a really? lot of them. Yes. And they have to be loud. Because yes. Parkinson's disease, usually you lose your voice. You lose the strength of your voice. Yes. So yes. I need to work on pronunciation as well and the loudest of their voice. Mm. It's balance as well because they fall a lot. Yes, yes. Well, my husband had, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, it was uh, progressive supranuclear palsy. So mm. it's uh, it's quite rare and it... Um, it's an extreme, they called it an extreme Parkinson's to start with, but it's kind of more like ALS and beyond where the body shuts down, but the mind still is pretty sharp. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. You know, he did, he lost his voice and he lost the ability to swallow, but we were able to work through some things that, you know, just made it easier or prolong some of the ability. So you know, this is what you'd be looking at. But I suppose the speaking is all in the mouth and the muscles in the face and everything else and the breathing. It's all connected. I never thought about how that would help somebody when their voice is becoming less, uh, you know, audible, that it's quieter. But, you know, by force. But the thing, sound, it's not from the throat. It's from the diaphragm. So Think about opera, opera singers. They are not mm-hmm. going to sing from their throat. They are because I, I sing as well. You need to sing from your bottom. Right. You need to sing from here, and you your voice is going to be even stronger. So even with my Parkinson people, I need K Ha Ta. When I do that, I feel my abs contracting because I started from here, not from right. here. Right. Never thought of that kind of an exercise for. You know, I guess. I don't know if I can say seniors. I think Parkinson's is more of um, a late, later in age. Yeah, disease. usually it is. But yeah. I have one of my clients who started at 56. This is rare. This is so young. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's like the younger that is. <laughs> well, and she's she's a, she's a mess already, and she's 60, oh, yeah. yeah, 64, something like that. Yeah, because she started so early in it. My grandpa, it started at 60-something, mm-hmm. late 60s even. 
Well, you're the first person I've heard uh, talk about, you know, practicing with the voice and making sure that they're, and like you said, it's all connected with the breathing. So I hope anybody listening today that if they know somebody with Parkinson's to reach out to you for more information or just to, uh, you know, investigate and maybe when when their people that they're associating with, when they speak so quietly, rather than accept it, maybe encourage them to try and be a little bit more vocal and, and speak up. I think we kind of accept things as being the way they have to be. It's part of the exercise we need to do. If you want, that's the thing. Parkinson's disease, for example, is a the regression. It, it's going to progress in the disease. Yes. But if you exercise, you're going to slow down the progress in the, of the disease. And it depends on how kind of quality of life do you want. Do you want to get old right away or get the disease quick? Or you want to slow it down and enjoy the time that you have left? Yes. So that's, it's always a, a manner of choice, a manner of goals. Kind of a no-brainer there, right? Everybody wants to, to extend. And the thing is, what I'm talking about with don't die before you're dead, it's kind of live fully, live large every day that you can because you make it to the place where you can't and then it's too late. That's so it. we start now and progress a little. Like I, I really want to live what I'm talking about. So I have to challenge myself so I'm not a fake. And so this past summer, I, I went back on a bicycle. I haven't been on a bicycle in like a lot of years. And then I tried paddle boarding this summer. Uh, balance was terrible, but it was... <laughs> I enjoyed well, it. I can help you with that. <laughs> yeah, true enough, that's for sure. So, Melanie, um, this has been really insightful, and I, I hope my guests have, or the listeners are going to be really encouraged by the things that you've said and, and take it to heart, because sometimes we hear things and just go, yeah, I know that's true, but. So if we just do that and don't do anything, it's in the, we have to do the actions, right? It's, it's motivation, because <laughs> people talk about it, and yes. there's second one that the, the desire of doing something to change so it's right. completely different so tell we us about yeah, tell us about what it is that you offer now what's your website and what do you, what do you have i you did mention you have a, a, a free consultation available yeah. for somebody who wants a little bit more information how can they find you and what is it that you would be offering so website is abstractfitness.ca and yeah, I can offer just you a 15 minutes consultation and we can just click on contact, contact me first, send me an email and we can go from there. Okay. And so, if you go under workout and under 50 plus, you're going to have plenty of free videos. And even in the free stuff, you're going to find plenty of little videos or downloadable PDF to help you. And I'm mm -hmm. still working on that. I, I love working with people. I have a bunch of videos as well. You can purchase packages and I have a lot of good comments on them. Well, that's excellent. Well, you're very accessible. You're very knowledgeable. You're very experienced. And uh, I thank you for giving up your time this morning so early before your day starts to yes. talk to us about the importance because I've always been blessed with very good energy. And I'm blessed with good health. So sometimes it's easy for me to talk about things like that and, and not really be able to 
tell people how important it is. You, your case studies are showing that people are improving through the mobility, through the exercise, through the perseverance, through the patience, sleeping better. And I certainly have learned a lot myself. So I hope people would be in touch with you. Now it's abstract fitness. I loved your logo because you have the abs, which of course we, we talk about with fitness, but abstractfitness.ca and being open to share. I, I would encourage people. Now you said you have the um, seven mistakes to avoid when you start working out at, you know, 50 plus, which is really important because, you know, we might click and say, okay, you're right, Melanie, I need to do something. So I'm going to go out there and spend half an hour doing whatever. So maybe read that first and then uh, obviously get in touch with you. So what, um, what would be the main advice you would like the listeners to, to go away with today? What's really top of mind? If you could, if you could encapsulate or summarize um, the key message today, what would it be? Well, I love bringing people back on track. And the other thing I say always to my people, exercise is your best medicine. Start moving now. Because you're putting away plenty of different diseases, heart attacks, heart diseases, diabetes, high blood pressure. You're going to push that away from your health. <laughs> so it's time to exercise now. Don't wait. When you wait, it's going to be too late. You're going to die. So you take medicine one way or the other, right? You either take it now with healthy, fun activities, and, and the exercise can be very enjoyable, or you take, you take medicine later on when you are restricted and you have somebody taking care of you. So you do it now or do it later. I guess, you know, our body needs, our body needs attention, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. And when you retire, there's no excuses anymore. You have time. <laughs> I like that. No excuses. That's, that's me too. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melanie. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I plan on doing my trip across Canada next summer, so I'll be heading out to Kelowna. So I'd love to catch up with you. And uh, in the meantime, I, you know, maybe uh, you can we can check back later and find out how some of the people are, are doing and getting out of the house. And like they can get moving. COVID doesn't need to keep them still, right? That's it. That uh, you can still go outside. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for the walk. We, we got Thank lots you. of warm clothes in Canada. So thanks, Melanie. Uh, again, I'm Mary McCartney, and this has been Don't Die Before You're Dead with uh, Melanie Morissette from Kelowna. And so till the next time, dare to live the life you were meant to live. Thanks for joining us today.